us a hand. You got out of bed this morning. Come on, you deserve it. You deserve a round of applause for getting out of bed because we're celebrating your success. We we thank you so much for being here. Um, If you haven't noticed yet, we like to have fun around here. So if you came to church, we kind of try to have fun up front. So you're doing your day. But uh, we uh, we have a we have a good time. Um, And I just so so be sure.
your purpose in life, and it helps you find your niche in serving. And so we want to help you do that. And, and so my recipe for success is to make sure your recipe is pretty simple. So um, you can join me at 11.45. Child care and snacks are provided. So uh, it is a three-week um, series. Uh, so we don't expect you to go through the whole thing all at once. Um, but we do, uh, we do prefer it. But you don't have to. Like if you're like, I would like to do it, but just want Johnny Gap soccer and so on. You know, like you've got other things going on and you can't be here to do it. Um, that's okay. You don't have to do it all at once. Just just do it. So we just want you to do it. So um, we are in the finale of a series that we are calling Reclaim. Uh, and we have been talking about reclaiming the dinner table because um, what has happened is we have lost the art of the dinner table as Americans. Um, we don't eat dinner as a, as a family as often as we used to still, or as often as we used to. Um, we actually had some, some friends over uh, last night that are sitting around the dinner table, and um, my friend asked Graham, hey, how, how often do you sit around the dinner table? And he was like, not very often. I've been preaching to myself, y'all. Like, like seriously, it's, it's, it's something that that is hard to do. It's, it's a discipline. It's a habit that we have to have. And so um, that's why we've had the goal of just three meals a week. Just three meals a week. We, we've encouraged families to sit down at the table together and to break bread together and to be with family. And we've said it's not about the table, right? It's not just about the table. That's not what this series is about. It's about the family, because Satan is a thief, and he's used busy to steal the table, not to steal the table, but to steal the family, because God gives up the family. So, we're talking about the family. So, in week one, we talked about uh, the table of friends and sinners, how, how Jesus sat at the table. Our, our theme verse for the, for the whole series is in Matthew 26, 20. When it was evening, Jesus sat at the table with the twelve. And so um, Jesus sat at the table often. Week one, we talked about how Jesus welcomed everyone to the table, friends and sinners. And there was purpose in the table and how we have to reclaim not just the table, but the purpose behind the table. And so you can go back and listen to any of our, our messages on refugee.church forward slash messages or um, also uh, on the iTunes podcast. Week two, we talked about, um, last week, we talked about uh, the table of remembrance. We talked about repentance. And we, we broke bread together, literally, and had the Lord's Supper to celebrate his wounds and his resurrection. And we talked about what remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus does. And, and remembering always fills the heart. That's what we talked about last week. We're going to talk a little bit more about that this week. Um, then today we wrap up the series talking about the table of Thanksgiving. I'm sorry I don't have any turkey and stuffing. Like, we're going to, but we'll get through it. All right, we'll get through it. Along this series, the challenge has been to eat three meals a week, but that last week, 
I gave you the challenge of not just eating three meals together, but actually um, saying the blessing or praying before every single meal um, as a preparation for for this week, uh, being thankful for the food that, that God has given us. Today's big idea is this, thankfulness and praise will always get your heart in the right place. Thankfulness and praise will always get your heart in the right place. It's amazing how turning on some praise music and singing along with it can get my heart in the right place. No, it doesn't matter how mad I am or how uh, how depressed I am or, or what, what state of mind I'm in. But if I put on some praise music and I start singing along, it's amazing how things change. Thanksgiving and praise will always get your heart in the right place. A big verse for today, if today had a theme verse, it'd be uh, Psalm chapter 100, verse 4. Psalm chapter 100, verse 4, and it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks and praise to his name. This, this verse is referencing the tabernacle. If you remember week one, we talked about the tabernacle. And uh, I showed you a, a book called the, the Pray First book that we have available at our next next step uh, booth on your way out the door. Um, I think we have some at Guest Central as well. But um, the Pray First book is what we use during our, our 21 days of prayer. And um, in it, it has a tabernacle prayer that helps us um, and walks us through what, what the children of Israel would go through to get to church in the Old Testament. And so during the stations, there's seven stations of the tabernacle. One of the stations, the station that we talked about during week one, was the table of shrewbread. The table of shrewbread um, represents the word of God. And we said that any time we break bread together, it's an opportunity for growing. Not just our bellies, right? But it's an opportunity to sit and to talk and to converse and to to be with each other and to grow. And so um, this verse is talking about the tabernacle and it's talking about, it's the same tabernacle, and it's, but it's talking about the, the courts. Those are the outer courts. That's the first station of the tabernacle. And it represents thanksgiving. Because the psalmist is saying, what he's saying is, anytime you go to church, do it with thanksgiving and praise. You know why he's saying that? Because thanksgiving and praise will always get your heart in the right place. And so he's telling the children of Israel, when you go to church, get your heart in the right place. I don't know about you, but Satan always shows up on my doorstep on Sunday morning. Come on, somebody. Right? Like, like whoever wrote easy like Sunday morning didn't go to church, y'all. Like, like seriously, like, it, Satan always shows up on Sunday morning because he wants to do everything he can to get your heart in the wrong place before God can get it in the right place. Every time we go into this place, it doesn't matter if it's a school, it doesn't matter if it's a movie theater. Anytime we gather together as believers and we get together in church, we have to do it with the mindset and the heart of thanksgiving and praise. That's why we sing on Sunday morning. 
That's why we come together and we sing songs together. So that we can get our hearts in the right place. Every time we worship, we do it to praise God. Every time we end our worship set, whoever it is that is the MC that morning, I did it this morning. Every time we come out here, we want to turn all of our attention at that moment to give God the praise. Because our thankfulness and praise will get our hearts in the right place. You thought that we did this whole celebrating thing because we're crazy. You thought we clapped at the beginning of service because we were crazy. You, you think that I get up here and I say, give yourselves a hand, you got out of bed this morning because I'm crazy. And I am crazy. I, I don't even know how that came about, but I've done it every single Sunday since we started. It was the first Sunday I came out, and the first thing that came out of my mouth was, give yourselves a hand, you got out of bed this morning. And I've kept doing it ever since because we just want to get to celebrate. Now, when you turn that celebration towards towards God, He gets your heart in the right place, right? So you can celebrate yourself, yeah, that's okay, but give God more attention. Give God the praise because He's the one that gets your heart where it needs to be. So we celebrate to get our hearts in the right place. It doesn't matter where your heart's at. I want you to know this morning that if you're here and you have a broken heart this week, Thanksgiving and praise will get your heart to where God can say, no, I'm what you need to be addicted to. The book of Psalm, Psalms is, is an interesting book for me. Because it's, it's funny, there, there are multiple songs in the book of Psalms. That's all the book of Psalms is, by the way, is, is a, a collection of songs. And... Um, what happens is the, the author, the artist of the song, starts in this really low place. It's really, it's really kind of like sometimes uh, when, you, when you're studying or, or when you've just got some free time um, looking for something to read, flip, flip through the book of Psalms and look at how many songs begin in a low place. Psalm chapter 69, let me show you, I'm going to show you two of them this morning. Psalm chapter 69 verse 1 through 3 says this. It says, Save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I am in deep water and floods overwhelm me. I am exhausted from crying from help. My throat is parched. My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for God to help me. Verse 17, he goes on, Don't hide from your servant. Answer me quickly, God, for I am in deep trouble. Has anybody ever been there? Come on, somebody. Like, we've all been there. We've all been there. God, just hear me. I want your attention. But look at verse 30. In Psalm chapter 
69, verse 30, he says, Then I will praise God's name with singing, and I will honor him with thanksgiving. For this will please the Lord more than sacrificing cattle, more than presenting a bull with horns or hooves. He's saying that my thanksgiving and praise is more important to God than my sacrifice. And he gets, and, and he's in this really, really low place. But all of a sudden, something switches. And he starts to thinking, thanking God and praising God. Because he knows that thanking God and praising God will get him where he needs to be. God knows that, like, that if you can start with thanksgiving and praise, that's why the psalmist also says, God also knows as long as you can get there. So we might be in a bad place first, but as long as we can get to Thanksgiving and praise, we can still be okay. We're going to look at Psalm chapter 13. This is the whole chapter of verse, Psalm chapter 13. There's only six verses. It says, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Again, anybody ever heard that? We all do. I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day. How long will, the, will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord. How many of you ever wanted to say to God, turn and answer me, O Lord. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat saying that, that we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice with, at my downfall. But verse 5, something changes. Verse 5, but I will trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice. Rejoice is another word for thanksgiving. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because you are good to me. As long as you can get there, your heart can be in the right place for God to do something. Thanksgiving and praise will always get your heart in the right place. Find a way to praise. Because if you don't, if you don't, I want to tell you what will happen every single day. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is writing to the, to the people of Rome. And in chapter 1, he's talking to them about, about sinful people. And he's talking to them about God's anger towards sinful people. And verse 21, it says this. It says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Here's the thing. If thanksgiving and praise will always get your heart in the wrong place, then the opposite is also true. Unfaithfulness and lack of praise will always lead to foolishness. Unfaithfulness will always lead to foolishness. So I want to give you five things to think about. Five 
practical things that can help us stay away from something. Should I do that? Is that right? Five things that will help us stay away from unthankfulness, and we can be thankful all year round, regardless of if there's turkey or stuffing on the table. Number one, the first thing is, if you're having trouble with thankfulness, find a way to sing. If you're having trouble being thankful, find a way to sing. There's a reason we sing at the beginning of our service every week. Because thankfulness and praise will always get our hearts in the right place. I don't know if you've noticed, but everything we do, we do with purpose. Because God is a God of purpose. God is a God of order. And so we we have purpose for singing the songs that we sing all the time. But why do we, I, I would challenge you, ask why you do what you do. We try to, we try to always ask why we do what we do. And, and guess what? If there's not a good reason for doing it, we stop doing it. When you're, be, when you're, when you're in a place of unthankfulness, always find a way to sing. Psalm chapter 47, verse 6 and 7. Says, sing praise to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King over all the earth. Praise Him with a song. Let me give you something really practical. Music, I don't know if you've noticed this, but music has become business. Like, you no longer have to have, like, a, a boombox with a record button and, like, waiting on the radio for your favorite song to come Anybody do that as a kid? Anybody? Yeah? Come on. Be old. There is this thing called iTunes and Spotify. And on Spotify, it doesn't even matter if you're uh, if you're a premium member. You can just go and you can create a playlist. You can download music. You need to have a Darkest Valley playlist, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not talking about having Bruno Mars, Luke Combs, whatever your genre is. Like, I'm talking about having some Jesus music on a Dark, Dark Valley playlist that you can turn on and you can sing to when you're in a low valley. Because praising Jesus will always get your heart in the right place. By the way, the rest of Spotify station or Spotify account or refuge station. Go to Spotify and look up the refuge station and listen to all the worship music that we sing. But I just have fun in the past. And if you don't hear it, have a hard time finding a playlist. Just go to ours. The refuge main. Just just go to Spotify and type in the refuge main. Um, I know what would be on my playlist. I'd have a little shout to the Lord on there. I was, I was playing Shout to the Lord this last week, and my wife's like, that song's over the table. And I'm like, this is good. This is the greatest worship song of all time. Like, like, Shout to, like, Shout to the Lord 2000 was my jam when I was in college. Like, you know, I was, me and Darlene Sheck, we're best friends. Like, like, it, it was just, it was incredible. Well, no, I don't even know her. It's just that I like to listen to her music. Like, 
passion better is one day, right? I'm talking early 2000s. Worship music was in. Like, it was bad. I, like, there's this, there's this CD called Any Given Day in Worship. Uh, Any Given Day Passion in Worship. And um, if I'm in a low place, I can just put on that worship. It, it's on Spotify. And I, I'll just go to it, and I'll hit play. The greatest thing about Spotify is you can go to old music anytime. Like, it's, it's great. You don't have to own anything. It's amazing. And so um, I go and I turn on any given day, and I just start singing every single song. And it is amazing how it hits your heart where it needs to be. How does darkest valleys wake up? So what's the difference in worship music and from real life? Two, when you find yourself having a hard time being thankful, find a way to serve. Find a way to serve. Take one of our random acts of kindness cards and just save it for a rainy day to serve somebody. Because it's amazing how when you serve something, it doesn't only put a smile on their face, but it puts a smile on yours. Psalm chapter 100, verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. This is the, the English Standard Version. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Serve the Lord. At, at the Refuge Church, we, we so I, I told you about my refuge that will meet at 1145 in the, the middle, middle street. Um, we used to call it something different. We, we used to call it, um, we called it on-ramp. And we would use it as an opportunity for you. Like, if you want to get on the highway known as the Refuge Church, it was the on-ramp to doing it and to serving. We changed the name to My Refuge, and we said, you know what? You don't have to go through My Refuge to serve. Because this is what we learned. It's really good if you can keep the cookies on the bottom shelf. Now, not at home. Don't do that, because your kids will get into the cookies. But at church, it's really good to keep the cookies on the bottom shelf. So what that means is serving is the sweet spot where you can just serve. If you're just, if, if, if you're not having fun when you're coming to church and things like that, then I'll tell you what, join our dream team. Things will change. We don't have a dream team because, because it, we, we set up these curtains every week and because set up every, you know, all of our flags and because we do all of this. That's not why we have a dream team. We have a dream team because serving Jesus is the sweet spot. And if you're not serving him, you're missing out. When it comes to serving God, it's no longer I have to go. 
it's an I get to go. It's not I have to go and, and teach kids this week. It's I get the opportunity to go and share with them the love of Jesus. Because it's the God of the universe that created it for us. And he, he is alive. And when you serve him, it's the, it's the sweetest thing. It's not because we need your help. It's because it fulfills you. Find a way to serve. Number three, if you're having a hard time being thankful, find a way to celebrate. The word fellowship is a, is a religious word. It means to become a partaker together with others. To become a partaker together with others. When the Bible talks about fellowship, it's not just talking about companionship. It's talking about joining together with someone in something, in a task, or, or in doing something. When we fellowship with one another, you turn your praise from yourself, from just you doing it, to a whole bunch of people doing it. And there, is, there are strength in numbers. We can, we can sing a lot louder together, y'all. Like, like we can sing. Why have I said y'all like five times today? It's like I listened to a preacher from the South this last week and I'm trying to live it too. I apologize. Blessings be with you guys. Jesus. First John chapter one, verse six through seven says this. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. So he says, we're, we're lying if, if we say that we have fellowship with God, but we, but we continue to, to live in darkness. And then he goes on, verse 7. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a lot easier to come into church when you're living right than when you're living wrong. We're living in the light, God is in the light, and we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Have you ever noticed that when you're living, uh, you know, in ways that you shouldn't, when you're partying on Saturday night, it's a whole lot harder to do spiritual commitment. When you're partying on Friday night, it doesn't matter if it's Saturday night, it's a lot harder to come to church on Sunday morning. Because when you're living wrong, you don't want to fellowship with, with those crazy people. So when you're living in, in light, it's a lot easier to gather together. But I want you to see something. You see, Satan is a thief, and he will steal, kill, and destroy. And he will steal everything from us that he came for. So he tries to steal fellowship with us by stealing the church from us, by telling us that we're too busy to go to church on Sunday morning. Because he knows that when we fellowship together, that we are better together, that we're stronger together, and that when we fellowship together, we are thankful for each other, and we can get our hearts in the right place so that God can change it. The reason it's so hard to go to church is because Satan is a thief, and he wants to steal your fellowship from you. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 12 says, Two people are better than one. So it's a scriptural principle. It's a biblical principle, not just my idea. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls and the other reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two standing back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for triple braided cord is not equal to broken. We're better together. When we walk through a dark valley, find a way to fellowship. You don't walk through a dark valley alone. When you're through a dark, when you're going through through darkness, it helps to have someone's hand to hold. We want to hold your hand. We offer it. We don't need to do that, but we want to, and we love you, and we care about you because that's what God wants. He wants you to know that that you you don't walk through these dark valleys alone. can find a way to be thankful when we're together. That's why Satan wants to rob you of your fellowship. But for fellowship to take place, there has to be presence. And what I've learned is that there's power in presence. There is power in presence. So here's what happens. Satan says, you don't have to go to church. You can just listen to this podcast later. I'm thankful for technology, and I'm really glad that we can get the message out there. And I'm thankful that we can put this put this on, on the podcast. But if you're listening to the podcast right now, I want you to know that you need to get in church. Because you need to experience this together. You need to, to experience each other. You need someone's hand to hold. You need someone's number to call. Another, a celebrity pastor that you listen to on a podcast doesn't know your name. Like, you have to have someone that you can call. You have to have someone that can be there because there will come a time when you're in the hospital and you're going to need someone to pray for you. We provide that. That's why we have small groups. Because we're better together. Because because we need each other. Number four, if you're Having trouble with thankfulness, find a way to remember all God has done. We talked about this a little bit last week, so I'm not going to spend a, a lot of time talking about the table of remembrance, but I do want to want to refer to it. Jesus took the wine and, and the bread and he broke it, and he said, "Do this as often as you remember me." And he used food to, to as a, as an instrument to. To, remember, to teach us to remember. Have you ever noticed how, how food, there's memories that come along with food? And, and so anytime we're having a hard time uh, with thankfulness, we have to find a way to remember all God has done. Because it's getting back to Him. In the Old Testament, anytime that something big would take place, they would set up these things called monuments or altars. 
Noah did it in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. I'm going to put the, the verse on the screen, but I'm not going to read it. Noah built an altar when the flood waters receded so that he would always remember the time that God destroyed the earth with water. And then God said, you know what? You're not going to just, just set up this altar, but I'm going to give you a rainbow to help you remember that I will never flood the earth again as a, as a sign of my promise. And in the book of, of Genesis chapter, um, chapter 31, Jacob builds an altar when, when his family is restored. This is, this is a verse that's going to be on the screen as well. I'm not going to read it either. But, but Jacob builds an altar when his family is restored to remember the time that God brought them back together. To remember that God restores the family, that God is the God that never leaves us. He never left us in the time that we were in a dark place. He was right there. So that we can always remember. And when we look back to those altars, when we look back to those monuments, we can see the time that God delivered us. Number five. If you're having a hard time being thankful, find a way to have a meal with somebody. Find a way to break bread with them. Call your friends and say, hey, let's, let's have lunch. I don't know why. I just, I'm just in a dark valley right now, and I just need to have, have a meal with you. Sit down and talk. And before you have the meal, say a prayer of blessing over it. And thank God for it. You see... That's why we say the blessing at lunch. That's why we say the, the blessing at dinner. That's why we say the blessing when anytime we eat, we do it to thank God for what he's put on our plate. Look at it in the, in the, in the scripture. This is really cool. God, God taught me something this week. Matthew chapter 15, verse 36. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and he thanked God for them. He thanked God for them. And he broke them into pieces, and he gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. This is the, the miracle of feeding the 5,000, that Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. By the way, um, archaeologists this week found um, a mural from an ancient church called the Bird Church. It's still home of Jesus, Arkham's Church. Um, I'm glad that God didn't give me that name for the rest of the week. You're getting close to the end of the, the, the sermon. Are you supposed to be funny right now? Like, but, but they found a mural of, of five loaves and two fish. And, um, and, it, and it's just, it's remarkable. But Jesus thanked God for it, and then he performed the miracle. Jesus blessed the food. Look at uh, Matthew 26, 26. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it, and he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it. This is my body. Before he did the last supper, before he, he, he taught about communion, he blessed the food. Eating a meal gives us the opportunity to recognize where it came from. 
what what God showed me this week is the original Greek word for the mercy that we just read is is the word eulageo. That's mercy. It's eulageo. Now, does that sound like another like an English word to you? It's the same word that we get the word eulogy from. So anytime someone gets up at a funeral and gives a eulogy, we look at it as a sad time. We think that it's it's a sad moment. But what they're doing, the word eulogy means blessing. So when they're getting up, you know, to remember this person, they're giving the blessing. So instead of calling, asking, you know, saying grace at the dinner table, we, we should really be saying, saying eulogy at the dinner table. That's what God taught me this week. So now we can thank God for being a part of our life. For saving us from our sin and restoring us into a relationship with Him. Give me a finger. Stand to your feet. Everyone bowed and back close. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How is it possible for someone to give thanks to God in all circumstances? The way it's possible, the only way it's possible is for them to realize that Jesus has forgiven them for every wrong thing that they've ever done. Everything. 
everything that they've ever done and anything they ever will do. And that can provoke thankfulness. So I want to pray with you. And if you're here this morning and you've never had your heart healed by Jesus, I want to ask you, with as much courage as it would require, to just slip your hand up and say, Pastor Adam, that's me. I've never had my heart healed by Jesus, and I would like to this morning. Is there anybody like that at all? I need my heart healed by Jesus this morning. If you raise your hand, I want to invite you to say this prayer with all of us. We're all going to say it this morning out loud. Because every once in a while, I like to be reminded that I can be thankful for the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And I can do it by asking Jesus into my heart every single day. Not that, not that it's new, not that I need it, but, but that it, it heals me. So this morning, we're all going to say it together, out loud, repeat after me, and say, God, I come before you, and I realize I have sinned, and I need the blood of Jesus to be washed away. I ask you to come into my life, to save me make me new, that I would always be thankful, and even for the dark days. Change me, make me new, in Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise today, come on. We're going to sing a song together, and every week we sing a song so that we can leave with our hearts in the right place. Let's sing together. Come on.